God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, thank you all for subscribing to our Substack. The Substack is located on the internet at scottadamshow.substack.com. That's scottadamshow.substack.com if you'd like to subscribe. We are... Uh, getting a lot of subscriptions there and uh it's good because anybody who's signing up today is going to have uh is going to be added to our premium section uh and they're going to be added to the premium section uh uh, for at least you know we're going to be doing this for a couple of weeks but we're uh we're going to set a deadline at some point and um and then we're going to send out a big huge email blast uh, to to gain subscribers to that, and we're going to have a premium section. But anybody signing up organically, listening to this show, uh, you guys are going to be basically loyal listeners. You're going to be um, uh, in before we actually ramp up the 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 premium section. So you'll get access to the premium section if you sign up and subscribe sooner than later. Um, and that's going to be, I'm going to be making some announcements probably in the next 10 days. We're, right now we're building content and uh, it's exciting. So we're building the content out and we're going to have video presentation uh, eventually and that's going to happen soon. Uh, we have the podcasts, the vlogs and the blogs and, the blo- and then articles, uh, featured articles that are going to be printed in a variety of org, uh, platforms and magazines around the internet. So that's uh, something that's kind of exciting for me because I've been wanting to get back into writing for a while. So that, that's uh, something I've been trying to find the time to do, and now I'm doing it. So, all right. So uh, that's scottadamshow.substack.com. And we're eventually going to be doing this also for 
Red State Talk Radio. We're going to have its own Substack too. Uh, that's going to be a little different. That's going to be an aggregate of an aggregator of all the show hosts associated with Red State Talk Radio. So that's going to be another one. Um, but that's uh, a little bit further down the road. Um, and those are just some announcements, and you're going to be hearing some promotions related to that in the coming weeks as well. Um, and then also, uh, exciting news, uh, Rachel Levine. Rachel Levine is now USA Today's Woman of the Year. How dare they use the pronouns, right? I mean, pronouns, like you're not supposed to use the word woman, right? Didn't Nancy Pelosi make that clear? But USA Today, they're sticking with it. So this dude that became a woman is now the woman of the year. Where are the feminist groups? Where are they? Where are the feminist groups? Uh, Because it seems a little odd that that's what they go for. Richard Levine spent 54 years of his life as a man, as a dude. He had a wife and a family. He had a wife and a family. Let that sink in. He transitioned to being a woman in 2011. Joe Biden appointed Levine to be a four-star admiral, and now USA Today has named, in quotes, Rachel instead of Richard, uh, Rachel Levine as a woman of the year. Woman of the year. Where are the feminists? It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I can't believe we're living in a time where this is this is going on. You know, they had this other one called uh, racial swapping. And, you know, one thing you can rest assured, now that the Obamas are on the board of Netflix, you're going to see everything you see on TV through Netflix is going to be woke. It's going to be this woke BS. And... It's pretty sad, really, because what they're doing is they're not doing equality. They're doing equity. They're basically hyping up the quota-based systems to ram it down your throats and basically try to let you believe or try to get you to believe by gaslighting you or by showing you that in every family in, in Mayberry, in every episode, in every scene, you're going to have you're going to have things that don't happen quite so regularly in real life whether that's you're going to have a gay person in every family or a trans person that you know in every social circle you're going to have an intermixed relationship in every uh every household and that's what you see on every every series in Netflix and there's nothing wrong with Inter, 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 intermixed relationships. I, you know, I think we all come from a little bit of that. No one's complaining about it, but it's just, it's almost an insult to put it down your throats in a way that's not just not accurate. Accurate. It's it's using equity versus um, equality. Equity is great for business relationships. If you want to go ahead and head and partner up with a, uh, another type of company, a media say it's a media company, and you want to partner with another media company. You don't want to be trading a Ferrari for a uh, Gremlin, right? You know, you don't want to be tra- trading a, uh, 
a Rolls Royce for a Chevy, uh, you want you want to have some parity there when you partner up. You want to have some balance. If it's going to be an equal partnership, you want both to contribute equally, but that would be equitable. That would be an equitable relationship where two parties are bringing equal, equal amounts of things to the table. And together, you're bigger and better and stronger. And that's good for business relationships. Some might even say, hey, that, that works for uh, personal relationships too. I don't know. That's not my area of expertise. But I will say this, that there's a big difference between equity and equality. And it's the equity part when it comes to quota-based systems, affirmative action, race, uh, gender, you know, like what we're doing absolutely wrong with regard to the SCOTUS nomination uh, that Biden picked. You know, there's just so many fundamental flaws in basing uh, basing talent off of things that you're born with, whether it's uh, that you're born a woman or a man, or whether it's you're born uh, Asian or or Norwegian or African or uh, Native American Indian. Uh, you know, you can't help where you're born. You can only control the things you can control, and that's your own, your own body, your own person. So when I say I don't want the jab, for example, I don't want to take a vaccine into my body because it might give me myocarditis, and you're trying to tell me that I have to take this jab to keep the public safe, that becomes a real problem for me. Where does, where does the line get drawn with regard to public health and safety? You know, if you cry fire in a theater and everybody runs out of the theater and they get trampled on, um, I guess there's, you know, precedence there that says you can't do that. That's a danger to the public by that speech. That's not covered under free speech if it results into that. And fair enough. That's a nice argument to be made. But then you carry it. Further, the government always takes a rule or a precedence and they try to exploit it for their own gain. And I ask the question, if that's your motive, that you're trying to like squeeze every little last drop out of that lemon, squeeze every little last drop and milk it for all it's worth, where does that leave our relationship with the American people? Because the government used to serve the people, answer to the people, stop in their tracks if you ask them a question and answer the question because they work for you. But now they duck and dodge and hide under a tree, hide under their desk if you're Joe Biden, hiding in your closet, hiding in your basement, not sharing anything with the people because anything you say will be objected to by at least half of the population. So you say nothing. And then when it comes time to vote, you say you didn't say that. You're lying to the American people. You're deceitful. You're creating deception. And all of this is part and parcel of this. And so I bring you to 
the Patriot Act. You know, in the wake of 9-11, there was a situation where you had you had a need to get information on international phone calls and foreign terrorists who were trying to harm America. And we weren't sure what was going on because, frankly, our intelligence agencies suck. And so, therefore... We had the Patriot Act, and it was supposed to be temporary. And it was supposed to be a quick fix, sort of like two two weeks to slow the curve, 15 days to flatten the curve. 15 days turned into three years, and now it's going to be permanent. Because where they gained some ground, the government gained leverage over the people by wiretapping every one of our phone calls. They call it metadata or whatever. That interesting word, that metadata. Facebook called their name. They're, they're changing their name to metadata. They're changing their name to meta. The meta universe, the metaverse. You know, where everything is a virtual reality. The metaverse, everything's virtual. Do you know that they're going to be setting up full economies in the metaverse that are based on virtual reality? Like, remember that game Sim City? Sim City, where you would basically be a young man or a young woman, and then you would make all these different decisions. You would get an education. You would buy a house instead of rent. And somehow you had a budget, and you can set up a store, and you can make some money. Well, this is becoming like cyber currency, uh, cryptocurrency, intertwining with virtual reality, and they're calling it a meta-universe where you could literally make a living through a fake town and a fake life, setting up a fake store that's graphically driven, CGI driven, and you could literally get paid for your store, creating this virtual universe, virtual reality. That's where we're heading, folks, where you're going to be sitting in a cushy chair in your basement eating Cheetos and somehow you're living your best life in Mayberry which is a virtual town run by Zuckerberg speaking of Zuckerbucks Zuckerbucks Mark Zuckerberg had Zuckerbucks in Wisconsin and in Georgia Georgia recently just passed a a law that bans Zuckerbucks that's when, you know, basically you get a billionaire like Mark Zuckerberg and he buys up all the voting machines and all the voter workers to commit voter fraud in key battleground districts and towns and states, say in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia, in Atlanta, anywhere where they could exploit people of color to do the bad and wrong things playing on their need for extra cash in their pockets. That's basically buying a worker mule, just like Act Blue did with Black Lives Matter, sent them all out in the streets to burn the cities down, and somehow that was a way for them to drum up business with regard to donations. And Act Blue, run by a bunch of white libtards, 
did that to black people in our cities in 2019. Oh, and they, they could care less about, you know, Floyd, uh, Floyd or Freddie Gray or, or um, Michael Brown. You know, they could care less about that. They use every little experience, life experience, as a way to exploit it. Never let a, let, never let a crisis go to waste. But the Patriot Act that I talk about, where they abused it, is now grown up. And now what we're talking about is a pandemic act. A pandemic act. Where they're going to preemptively control your every move based on an alert system. I mean, you remember when we had the alert system, the terrorist watch alert system, where we had red, orange, yellow, green, blue, whatever? And depending on the color, meant how long it was going to take you to get through an airport security check line. And every time I'd stand in one of those long lines and wait I'd be thanking the terrorists, you know, the, ter- the stupid terrorists. All because some people decided to bomb a plane. We have to all stand here and wait in line. And that was inconvenient. But boy, was that not nearly as inconvenient as what the Pandemic Act is going to be. Where we're going to have basically given up, we're going to be giving up our rights. We're going to be giving up our rights to the government and the globalists. Because this is being endorsed by the WHO, the World Health Organization, who's going to set guidelines for international travel and guidelines for the way we live our lives. Just in um, recently in New York, the uh, governor got booed because she's reinstating some mask guidelines and mask mandates. And New York Yankees apparently can't even put up a, a real game. Uh, there's some limitations as to their home games in New York because of the guidelines. So it's frustrating that a lot of these liberal leaders, you know, and Eric Adams is turning out to be a piece of work, right? I just don't understand how New York has become such a, a globalist, commie state of affairs. It's not a state, it's a city, but, you know, it sounds better to say state. But there it is. But we got a lot going on today. It's uh, this war between the globalists and the nationalists is becoming strikingly clear. Zelensky's going to be giving his speech today in before Congress. Uh, he's going to do it virtually. And he's more than likely going to make it clear that he doesn't want to be in NATO. Couldn't they have figured that out before the bullets started flying? I mean, Tulsi Gabbard was telling us about it. I was telling us about it. January 23rd, I wrote a big piece that clearly spelled it out. January 23rd. Posted it online and made it very clear that, you know, it's the, the whole concept of Ukraine being in NATO is what's causing the angst and the concern in Russia. I mean, there's more to it, but, you know, Mearsheimer, this professor, has made it clear also 
in 2015 what was happening. But our Western politicians didn't care. Our Western politicians were fleecing Ukraine and getting rich quick. And people like Kofor Black, which was Mitt Romney's advisor, Kofor Black, he was also part of uh, Black uh, <clears throat> Blackwater Mercenary Group. I almost wanted to say BlackRock, didn't I? But yeah, and so the, you know he was he was involved in the uh, Afghanistan Taliban struggle in 2007, and there in the Barron's uh, article uh, written in 2007, they declared Afghanistan over the Taliban. This was after the 2004 escalation in Iraq and Afghanistan and post 9-11. And somehow the Taliban was crushed back then. But they're not crushed now, are they? Leave it to Joe Biden to reverse that. But here it is, all those years of investment, all those trillions of dollars, People like Kofor Black and Mitt Romney made out like bandits, financing and arming warlords and mercenaries and tribes in regions. And it was big, huge money on the black market. They had government contracts that weren't passed through law, but you know it was the laws that made them possible. You know, like, for example, if, you know, and what we're what we're dealing with with regard to inflation. You know, I don't think anybody in their right mind, I don't think a I don't think a moron could screw things up as well as Joe Biden has screwed up our economy, our borders, our foreign policy. And got us to the point where we're on the precipice of World War Three. China's eating our lunch, and I can go on and on. I don't think a moron could figure out how to be that big of a failure, especially when there was an already an apparatus in place. I mean, the wall was being built. The border was being secure. Inflation was down at one point something. Gas prices were down below $2 a gallon. We had the peace accords in the Middle East with the Abraham peace accords. Thanks in all, all cases, thanks to D- Donald Trump. And when Donald Trump said, all I want to do is get along with Putin, well, where, where's the harm in that? They were trying to say, no, you can't get along with Putin. Putin's is evil. Spit in the eye of Putin. And then all of a sudden, you can't talk to Putin. And now we have to go through Turkey and some other proxy countries like Poland and Romania and elsewhere to have them talk to Putin because we can't talk to Putin. Trump would have been able to talk to Putin. Trump would have actually had a relationship to where there would be more carrots than sticks and there would have been a way to get along with Putin. And say, hey, you do that, we have to remove these carrots. You know that. And we're going to have to replace them with sticks. Why do you want that, Vlad? Vladdy? You know, why do you want that? And of course, Vladimir, you know, maybe there's a better relationship there. And maybe it doesn't happen. 
Maybe a man, you know, you shake hands and you give a man your word. It means something. When Trump said he would do something, he did it. Promises made, promises kept. And even a guy like Putin could look him in the eye and say, you know what? I know the guy is bigger than life, and I know that the guy is entertaining, and I know that the guy, but he means business. He means what he says. And I know that when he says he's going to do something, he generally does it. His track record is 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 very solid on that on that remark. So yeah, I believe that Ukraine is not going to try to make inroads into NATO. Trump's not going to let it happen. Trump owns NATO. Trump controls NATO. Trump comes to NATO and basically says, "Germany, you're not paying your bills. You're and you got to pay your back rent. You're deadbeat." Pay your bills. And they sit there and stand on their red carpet acting like they're holier than thou, these globalist socialist pigs. And they have to take it from Donald Trump because we have the money. And Donald Trump understood what power and leverage was. And that's where we led the world again. And we almost did it overnight. That was the amazing thing is how quickly... An American president can make a difference on the world stage. President Trump did that. So it would have been a good thing right now. We wouldn't even be in a right now. We don't need an alliance or we don't need to stress out about oil prices or the press. And they try to blame Putin for the oil prices. But it's been very clear the congressmen, uh, all these congressmen stood up yesterday in the halls of Congress and basically said it very clearly that uh, that uh, you know they made the the point very clearly that up until the Russia invaded Ukraine, the oil went up twice as much as it's gone up since Russia invaded Ukraine, and yet they want to blame the whole thing on Putin. And so what you're doing now is you're seeing these. Operatives, they're being paid by the by uh, people, nonprofit organizations, maybe Soros-oriented people, and they're on TikTok and they're actually pointing up at gas signs and they're blaming Putin across America, across around the world. They're blaming Putin for the gas prices and they're gaslighting the American people because it's not enough that CNN and MSNBC lie to us like crazy. It's not enough. It's not enough. They, they need to do more. They need to embed themselves in our social media now and create these videos. And people think that they're organic and that they're just these libtards that are just acting stupid. But no, that's not the case. They're actually actors playing a role, getting paid. And they're duping the people that fall for it, that believe it. It's clear that the inflation wasn't transitory. It was permanent, and it was happening well before Putin. But they want you to forget that. They want to pound away at that, and they want to drive every little avenue about that narrative so that you'll believe that it's not Biden's stupidity and fault. But is it? And that gets me to the next point. Is it Biden's stupidity and Biden's fault, 
Or is it Biden's genius and Biden's intention? Because last I checked, if I buy a house, if I buy a house and I buy it when the housing market is at an all-time low and I keep the house until the bubble bursts, just before the bubble bursts, and I sell that house on the bubble, so I buy it on the cheap and I sell it on the bubble, a house, will I be a smart person? Will I win a lot of profit? Will I gain financial freedom? Yes. The answer is yes to that. That if I buy a house when the market is cheap and I sell the house at the absolute maximum bubble, I will gain a significant profit. Am I right or am I right? It's business 101. How about if you're a manufacturer and you buy all your parts to make your widgets and you buy them before the inflation kicks in, you buy them before the ships got locked off of sea, you you buy them before you buy all your parts to make your widgets before the supply chain problems. You make all your widgets during the inflation period and then you sell the product at the peak of inflation. What happens to that manufacturer? Genius, right? Genius. They bought all the parts at a cheap price. So their labor and their parts were really cheap. Now they get to sell it 45% higher price markup because of inflation. Who's genius? Who makes money off of that? The corporations do. The manufacturers do. And the same thing is true with oil and stocks, the stock market and oil investments. But the problem is, if only you can guarantee the action and the reaction and the outcome, can you guarantee it? And by God, Joe Biden says, yeah, I can guarantee it because on day one, I'm going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. So you buy your oil, you buy your oil investments now. You buy your oil investments now. And guess what? The oil companies are making the biggest profits they've ever seen in the history of oil companies because they're selling at an all-time high. And... The same thing is true with a lot of other stock investments. BlackRock is making out like a bandit with this inflation. You understand? And they're in control of the politicians. The corporate greed. It's not corporate greed so much as it is corporate manipulation. And not only that, but you got to depend on the, the politician to not sell their votes for corporate to for corporate greedy people because that's what's happening is what's happening is corporations are saying we want slave labor and we want to buy when the market's low and sell when the market's high we want inflation and we want that because we'll make big profits and we'll turn it around and put it into your campaign And we'll support your candidates 
who support the policies we want you to support. If that means starting a war or turning a blind eye to Putin's aggression to jack up gas prices, so be it. If that means to hire mercenaries to set up a hacking attack on Colonial Pipeline and a meatpacking uh, plants to raise the prices of meats and oils, so be it, because that will jack up inflation, because that affects supply chain. That then makes it possible for people like uh, organizations like BlackRock and Vanguard, who own Pepsi and Coca-Cola both, they're not competing with each other, to profit. This is called globalism, folks. And the people getting crushed are the taxpayers. The people getting crushed are the middle class taxpayers. They're getting crushed. They're going to be crushed down to the lower class. They're going to be crushed to oblivion. They're not going to be able to rise up like like foam on a beautiful, beautiful cafe latte. They're not going to be able to do that. And they're going to get crushed. And they're going to be needy. And they're going to be dependent. And they're going to be poor. They're going to be kicked out of their job if it's COVID. They'll find every little way to crush you. You can't work because of COVID. You have to pay $7 a gallon in gas if you're in California uh, because of the Putin. We're going to blame Putin for that. We're going to blame China, COVID, COVID for that, but we don't dare blame China because China's where the slave labor markets are. And we need those slave laborers, laborers to profit. And you can count on the money coming in. And it's just like this. Russia is is exploiting these green organizations to try to stamp out, uh, to try to produce, uh, to try to manipulate politicians. So these NGOs, these non-government organizations, are financing green initiative, um, green initiative nonprofit organizations throughout America. And they're getting a lot of money from these foreign NGOs. Take the uh, NGO that I'm going to be talking about here today. Uh, They're out of Berlin, but they're a Russian-based organization. And so Russia is financing this company out of Berlin, who's then uh, connected with the Gazprom, who's who's then financing nonprofit organizations around the United States could be Greenpeace or something like that. And Soros does this too. And what they do is they turn around, they buy up politicians and they buy their votes. And that's how it trickles down into the pockets of the politicians who then take their vote and vote accordingly to keep the money train flowing. And that's exactly what's happening. So that Russia pushes someone like Joe Biden and all his cronies to be green. Tom Steyer did this. Tom Steyer made his fortune off of fossil fuels in Australia, had designs on a different pipeline other than Keystone, and and also Warren Buffett. He has his oil trains. He doesn't want the pipeline either. So what does Joe Biden do? He closes the Keystone Pipeline on day one to make good on a promise because he got a lot of money 
from these NGOs run by, uh, run by in large part, in some parts, Russia. So you talk about, you know, these, these politicians who are hard on Russia, but they'll vote according, accordingly to the, their investors who are pro-Russia. Closing down the Keystone Pipeline was a, a gift to Russia. It strengthened Russia. And then Russia has all that extra cash to go into Ukraine and gobble it up. And the liberals who are taking this money, who are saying Putin bad, Ukraine good, globalism good, new world order good, are basically selling out America with campaign donations, money given to their foundations so that they could use them as slush funds and fly all over the world. Stay at all the fancy hotels, get the pretty ladies and the pretty boys. If you're rich, you get into the elite crowd. But there's nothing more elite than a good heart and a good soul and a God-fearing community. There's nothing better than that. They don't know what they're missing. It's sad. We live in such a jaded world. I mean, D.C. politics is so much like that. So I'm going to go into a few things today. And uh, first, I want to get to uh, this. So Russia sanctioned (laughs) 13 Americans, including Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden, and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Russia announced sanctions Tuesday against America's including, Americans, including President Joe Biden, his scandal-scarred son, Hunter Biden, and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, because they're so corrupt. In a statement, and they're so in bed with Ukraine, right? And that's despite the fact that Hillary Clinton sold them 20% of our uran- enriched uranium. Sold that out. Remember the reset button that she couldn't even spell reset correctly? That was Hillary Clinton, the moron that she is, the corrupt person she is. Incidentally, I told this to our audience last week, but the Clinton Gateway Initiative's back in business. They they dusted it off and they're they're going to save Ukraine like they saved Haiti. <laughs> if that doesn't make you laugh, I don't know what makes you laugh because that's funny and also it's also probably a guarantee that Hillary Clinton is going to make another attempt and run for office who knows she's poised and ready and she's trying to get herself together but I don't think she could ever get herself quite together she's so awful as a human being in a statement Russia's foreign minister ministry said the restrictions which came amid waves of sanctions by the U.S. and its allies that have crippled Russia's economy over the invasion of Ukraine were the consequence of what it called the White House's extremely Russophobic, Russophobic policy. The move prevents those named from entering Russia and frees any assets they have there, according to the BBC. By the way, just another side note to that, is guess get this. Um, there's two side notes really. One is that 
you have uh, Saudi Arabia not taking Biden's calls and uh, and entering uh, and entering the um, China market. So it says here, if the yuan, you, uh, that's what I was looking for, the yuan. You, uh, the yen, I don't know what that is. Yuan? Okay. It's spelled Y-U-A-N. If the yuan overtakes the dollar as the world reserve currency, the Chinese Communist Party will win the war without firing a single shot. This should be the focus of every American policymaker. So Fox Business put this out. Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. Talks between Riyadh and Beijing have accelerated as the Saudi unhappiness grows with Washington. So Saudi Arabia is in active thought. Remember Trump's first foreign policy speech was in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. He cultivated a great relationship to counterbalance the emerging threats of Iran and balance the power in the Middle East by befriending and alliancing with Saudi Arabia. Big, huge weapons deals and uh, uh, that we got in because of the leverage we gained through becoming energy independent. And that's how we uh, actually gained control over the Palestinians and uh, nor uh, was advancing the way and paving the way to advancing normal relations between the Gulf states and Israel. First flight from Israel to Riyadh happened under Trump. You had even Kosovo Muslims uh, in normalizing relationships with with Israel, and so on, and so many things. Uh, UAE, Oman and a lot of other uh, countries were normalizing relations because they wanted a piece of that market because they weren't getting their oil from the United States. They weren't selling the oil from the, to the United States. Uh, so they needed business in other ways, like popular tourist destinations, like in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and things like that. So it was great. We were heading in the right direction. And then Biden reversed course. And now Saudi Arabia won't even take Biden's calls. And now they're in talks with China. And basically they're going to be trading oil on on a, not a petrodollar, but on a yuan. So Saudi Arabia is in active talks with Beijing to price some of its oil sales to China in yuan. People familiar with the matter said a move that would dent the U.S. dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market and mark another shift by the world's top crude exporter uh, toward Asia. The talks with China over yuan-priced oil contracts have been off and on for six years but have accelerated this year as the Saudis have grown increasingly unhappy with decades-old U.S. security commitments to defend the kingdom. The people said. And so Trump def- helped defend that kingdom. And you might say, well, that's where all the 9-11 hijackers came. Yeah, that was under a socialist, radical, liberal uh, regime. Where Talal and uh, Bill Gates and the head of the Four Seasons and Jamal Khashoggi, that so-called writer, were all in bed together, waging coups against the Saudi kingdom and the Solomon family. 
And that's why Jamal Khashoggi ended up getting chopped up in a consulate in Turkey. The Saudis are angry over the U.S.'s lack of support for their intervention in the Yemen civil war. Remember the Yemen? uh, Iran is supporting the Houthis in Yemen. And under the Obama regime, our Marines had to leave and leave their weapons behind, just like we did in Afghanistan, and flee Yemen and and cede a victory to Iran in that region, which was a threat to Saudi Arabia and destabilized oil. And again, the twofer for the oil attack is not just being able to have insider trading on the markets based on inflation and oil and beef and supply chains. And all of this is done on purpose so that people could buy cheap and sell big, right? It's not just that. It's not just that corporate greed and that corporate cronyism, but it's all, you know, paying off politicians and buying their votes. But it's also about the green initiative because somebody paid green hackers to hack Colonial Pipeline and the meatpacking plants because they went after the two things that Ocasio-Cortez says pollutes the earth the most, and that is beef and oil, cow flatulence and fossil fuels. And so that's what that was all about, too. So it was an added twofer. They didn't just grab one, one piece of fruit. They grabbed the whole bushel. China buys more than 25% of the oil that Saudi Arabia exports. It priced, it's, if priced in yuan, those sales would boost the standing of China's, China's currency. The Saudis are also considering including yuan-denominated future contracts, known as the petro-yuan, in the pricing model of Saudi Arabia oil company known as Aram, Aramco. It would be a profound shift for Saudi Arabia to price even some of its roughly 6.2 million barrels a day of crude exports in anything other than dollars. The majority of global oil sales, around 80%, are done in uh, are done in dollars. So now you're going to get that's going to get the Americans' att- attention for sure. We're going to be on high alert based on this based on this activity. So here's another story. Wealthy Russians look to cash out of the New York luxury properties, billionaire known as Billionaire's Row. So how do you like that? Billionaire's Row is now under massive attack. And that's kind of an interesting thing right there. So it says here in this uh, little piece, Wealthy Russians look to cash out of billionaires' row. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is just a video presentation from Fox Business. But I thought this was interesting because it just goes to show you that sanctions, they're afraid of the sanctions. And sanctions have an impact negatively on Americans too. And if you think it's just the billionaires on billionaires' row, think about what that does to the tax base in New York City who's already crumbling. And think about what that does to uh, the building investors. And it trickles down, folks. And so this becomes a really big problem. 
probably an unintended consequence or an unforeseen problem. But this is another matter. And so Russians, a lot of wealthy Russians are getting out of billionaire's row and they're taking their money elsewhere. This is going to hurt our overall economy, our GDP. Uh, it's going to hurt our, our strength and muscle in the, uh, in the world economy. We were, uh, one of the last things we were a superpower about over China was our economy was still bigger and stronger. Not, not for long, especially with this currency situation. So Saudi Arabia is just one, but how about Russia and China? How about Saudi Arabia and China? How about, um, you know, a lot of other countries? And if we lose the dollar, we're going to be in, in a bad way. They're already considering trading oil on the gold standard as well. So it's a, it's a lot to be concerned about. So... I wanted to get to this one, too. It says, oil companies' profits soared to $174 billion this year as U.S. gas prices rose. Exxon, Chevron, Shell, and BP, among group of 24 who resisted calls to increase production but doled out shareholder dividends. And the largest oil and gas companies made a combined $174 billion in profits in the first nine months of last year of the uh, gasoline prices climbed in the U.S., according to a new report. And by the way, those numbers are before Putin invaded Ukraine. It's going to get a lot worse. Exxon alone posted a net income of $6.75 billion in the third quarter of 2021, its highest profit since 2017. And so there you have this... Buy, you know, buy, selling short, buying high. I mean, selling high, buying low. Uh, principle going into effect here, and that's guaranteeing their profits. So there's other stories too. There's a there's a big one with regard to the uh, Russian hacking, but also there's this um, again this pro-Putin NGO pushed Green New Deal, protested Keystone XL Pipeline. This was written up by Congressman Randy Weber from Texas, 14th District. And he says, President Joe Biden's continued dismissal of domestic energy sources during his first year in office likely played right into the hands of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who has allegedly been providing, uh, providing covert active support to green energy activist groups around the globe for years in a bid to keep the U.S. and, more importantly, Europe addicted to Russian gas. And there it is. Also, we have um, a long history with regard to the corruption in the Ukraine. And it involves a lot of different key players. And uh, it was... um, yeah, I'm trying to find it. Oh, right here. This is the article I wanted to. Uh, and I said this. I said basically that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma as shown in a profile of the company between 2014 and 2019, the largest gas trading company in Ukraine. So interests are also in the West. Former CIA Kofor Black is an advisor to Mitt Romney and Kolomoisky is a business partner 
with Zelensky. So there you have it. Uh, there you have Zolovkeski, Burisma founder and owner, former energy minister in Yanukovych's government, target of investigation in 2014. Uh, Mitt Romney's connected and joined at the hip with Kofor Black, who's been involved with the military for a long time. But what the military guys need, because they have the connections to make the military investments happen and the conflicts happen, because Kofor Black was CIA, former CIA, former Blackwater Mercenary Group. But he also... He also uh, needed the funding. He needed deep pockets. He needed great investors. And what was Mitt Romney? But you know, on being capital, he was an invest. He was a basically someone who bought up companies, bought up things, spent lots of money buying and selling. And uh, that's exactly the business that Mitt Romney was in. So Mitt Romney is, you know, blasting Tulsi Gabbard right now. But really, what he needs to do is look in the mirror. People need to know more about Mitt Romney's investments in Ukraine and in the Middle East. And Lindsey Graham is probably, that's his new best friend. Used to be John McCain. So Kolomoisky is Ukrainian oligarch, owner of the TV network that aired the TV show Zelensky starred on. Zelensky, the comedian. And Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, member of Burisma since 2014, he left the company in April. He was hired by Kofor Black. Former CIA official joined Burisma board in 2019, and he was actually instrumental in getting Hunter Biden on the board. And then Alexandra Kwasniewski, former Polish president, joined Burisma board at the same time as Hunter Biden. So it's all connected, folks. And you wonder why we're here. And Russia is looking at all this and saying, these people are buying and selling Russian interests and selling out for votes. And you can't really predict what they're going to do because they'll do anything for money. And that's exactly what the Biden crime family was all about all this time. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to use Red State over at MyPillow.com to buy your pillow products and also be sure to check out magapack.org and check us out on substack scottadamshow.substack.com grandfather yourself into the pre- be a premium member for free while supplies last we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye everybody we're a stand the mounds get steeper and grab a shovel dig a hole a little deeper just to bury my kids right up to there